0: Joining the chorus, it's time for another North Melbourne Footy Club update with Dean Vasek and special guests on Hashtag Kangaroos. Welcome to another episode. My name is Dean Vasic. You can find me on Twitter at Hashtag Kangaroos or on Instagram at Hashtag Kangaroos Podcast. So today I was joined by Jesse C to preview our game against the Sydney Swans this week. So my second debutant this week. uh, We also talked about a number of other things. Alistair Clarkson talk, of course. Ben Cunnington, uh, he's come back this week. The 25 plus one uh, premiership reunion uh, that's going to be happening this week as well on Sunday. So there's plenty to discuss. So I won't hold you up anymore. I'll bring on Jesse right now. All right. So I've got a new debutant this week. This is my second uh, for this week. Uh, It's Jesse. Now, Jesse. I want to. Now we've got. uh, We're doing a preview of the Sydney Swans game coming up on Sunday. Now we'll start with the club promoting our premiership win in 1996. Obviously, we couldn't do anything in our 25 year anniversary last year because of COVID. So they've done a 25 plus one this year. Did you look? I know you. You would have been fairly young um, back then. So I don't assume you would have uh, watched the live game. But uh, did you ever end up watching the game? And uh, your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, as you said, I was, I'm 30, so I was only four at the time. So I was quite young. Don't have any memories of the day per se, as opposed to 99, but yeah, no, I've definitely rewatched it a couple of times. Um, one of those being recently. And I guess, you know, the, the thing is, it's just, it's an awesome uh, time for us to celebrate. We've had a very long year and, you know, we obviously couldn't celebrate it last year with, with everything going on and, um, you know, with the the tough year that we've had at the club, it's just it's great to all get all the greats back to the club to be able to celebrate it. And I mean, as I said, I, re- I rewatched it recently, and geez, it was a ripper game. The first half had me on edge.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I remember uh, there was a. There was, I think we got to about twenty odd points down, and uh, I remember they there was a short pass, might have been Paul Kelly to Tony Lockett, which generally j- landed just a meter short, and. Yeah, um, we rebounded the other way. Got a goal. I think it was uh, one of uh, Glenn Freeborn's uh, three goals in the second quarter. Uh, it's probably, you know, it's probably how he's um, made his name famous, really. Uh, Glenn Freeborn, uh, like well, he, yeah, decent career, nothing spectacular or anything like that. But that's what we remember him for. Um, the three goals in the second quarter in the 1996 Grand Final. Um, yeah, and sort of, uh, yeah, first half was very close. I think we we're only up by two points. Uh, we got on top of them towards the end of the second quarter and just continued in the second half and ran away with it but um we had a fair team back then didn't we oh i wish
1: we had that team these days that's for sure but yeah no as you said you know i think it was really the premiership quarter the third quarter i think we kicked what four or five goals or something like that to um you know really take charge and then the last quarter we just pulled on a score um but yeah, as you said, that first half, really, really tight, and then freeborn, you know, that's kind of what he's known for, like you said, and, I mean, that's definitely how I knew him. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it'd be nice to have that team right now.
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah, it'd be nice to have even half the team right now, to be honest with you. Or I'd even one team. of them. Kerry would be oh. nice. Oh, mate, yeah, no, we've, uh, we've been trying to clone him for about 20-odd years and uh, no luck at the moment. So, yeah, no, it's... Uh... It's uh yeah he was one of a one of a kind that's for sure and um, yeah he definitely uh saved the club I think personally like uh, especially when we were battling and uh, he pretty much uh, carried the club on his shoulders to a couple of flags and uh, yeah a lot of success in the nineties I mean I think we had we finished uh seven seasons in a row in the top four made uh you know yeah you know, prelim final seven seasons in a row which is unheard of even back then you know so. Very successful team, so maybe maybe we used all that success back then. That's why we've been struggling in the last few years.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. don't tell me that. I mean, yeah, as you yeah. said, seven in a row. It was it was quite crazy, and obviously played in the, you know, the grand final that we we could have won and we didn't win. And um, but I mean, to get two grand finals, even to play all those prelims, you know, ultimately to be able to make a prelim is a fantastic thing, you know. People focus a lot on grand finals, but we won two and made all that—you know—had all that success. So, yeah, look, hope, hopefully we can get back to something like that. But we'll yeah. see how we go.
0: Yeah, definitely. We'll, uh, we'll, well, hopefully it uh, will start turning the corner soon uh, with uh, a new coach fairly soon. Uh, we, I think we're both open. Uh, who will be? We'll talk about it in a minute. Anyway, uh, it's not, obviously a big bit of news uh, this week. Uh, I think it'll be well. Let's, well, seen the teams, uh, it's going to be uh, in the reserves uh, or at Arden Street. You might even get a bit of a crowd. Uh, so Ben Cunnington uh, making his comeback this week. Um, how good is that?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, before I get to the should he have played AFL or should he have played VFL part, I mean, the whole thing makes us all a bit emotional, doesn't it? It's, it's just one of those things that's bigger than footy. We, we saw it with Doherty when he came back, how inspiring that was. And I think we all got a bit caught up in that, didn't we? Yeah. Um, You know, regardless of who you go for, it was just an amazing thing. And, you know, Cunners is just the heart and soul of the club. You know, hes I I was lucky enough to meet him at the Brownlow in 2014 or 15. And he was just that guy you went and got a photo with. And he kind of just nodded at you. Very quiet. Um, You know, really tough guy. (laughs) Doesn't take rubbish on the field yet. You know, he's gone through a very vulnerable time. And I think we all kind of just want to get around him. Um, So for me personally... Should he have played VFL? Should he have played AFL? I know Kingy was very big on 360 on him playing as the sub. I think my I think my head says I'm I'm kind of glad he's playing VFL. It would have been you know shocking for him to go out there into a soft tissue injury. It's been a long time out, so I mean whatever level he's playing at, it'll just be great to see him.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I'm sure a lot of people like I'll be going to the seniors game, so I probably won't be able to make it to Arden Street. I would have if I, if the times were different. If it was eleven eight five rather than twelve. It's very awkward
1: time, isn't it? Mm.
0: Yeah, it's a tough time. If it was an hour earlier, I probably would have gone there for a half and then just uh, duck myself up uh, up the ground. But um, I'll def- there'll be a lot of people tuning in uh on the AFL app where you can watch uh, the VFL games on there. So yeah, I mean you can't understand, can't understate how big of a comeback this is. Like he's gone through chemo threat therapy, you know, which takes a lot. Like I've seen people go through it, and um, you know, it's it's can get uh can you can go uh, downhill quite quickly after that and to make a sports comeback of any kind is a pretty special effort. No, I mean, I mean, we, we might even take it for granted because of Sam Doherty, how, how easily he did it. I mean, we've got Ben Cunnington, but uh, this takes a lot of resilience and a lot of hard work. And I, I personally didn't think he would ever, when I heard he got diagnosed, I think it was late last year, that he was going to get his second bet, that he got his second bet, I thought that was it for his AFL career. But like he said, he's a heart and soul of the club. And, you know, he's, um, when he's playing, we're, we're a much different team, aren't we?
1: Oh, it's it completely different. If you remember the the games that he did play um, last year, I, I mean, he came straight in and he made such a difference. I've got this picture in my head of that game against Geelong where somewhere around the forward flank and he handles 30 metres straight over about 20 blokes heads to someone. And I remember Dangerfield, I think he retweeted it after the game because it was just a, that absurd. Of, uh, he's one of those guys. I don't know if I've seen hands that clean. And, you know, he's, he never takes it on the field. He he always stands up for his teammates. He always stands up for himself. The little gut punch to Bernie Vince back in the day. Um, and, you know, when he's out there, we, we always kind of feel like we're a chance. Because when he's in the middle, he'll always contest the footy. And he's one of the best in close quarters that, you know, I've seen in my time. And, you know, he's a very special player. It will be fantastic to have him back.
0: Yeah, 100%. You'll be um, yeah fighting with LDU now uh, to be the number one midfielder, hopefully, next year. Um, I think they'll play in the next couple of weeks in the reserves. And then I'll probably, for the round 23 game against Gold Coast, um, they may, I don't care how he's going in the reserves, to be honest with you. No. They'll probably get him in, uh, just for just to promote it a bit. I mean, I, I think he, he'll, be, he, he'll just come straight in. you I think he'll be close to the same player, to be honest with you. He won't, wouldn't have fallen off too much. He might have, yeah, you know, he might be a little bit down, like with uh, fitness and so forth. But uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, he, he didn't do much running anyway. Even at his no, pace. didn't rely on his
1: pace, that's for sure. So uh, I, I actually agree with you. If they're not going to play him this week, it will definitely be, you know, the home game against the Gold Coast. And I mean, we might get a two yeah. for one with Taren back as well.
0: Yeah, Tara, I mean, yeah, he- I mean, obviously he's getting another game this week in the reserves uh, and probably maybe even a Charlie Combin. Um, oh, know, just lovely. To see- Yeah, just to see how that works with Nick Larkey. We've we we we've been uh, deprived of that this year. I, I thought at the pre-season that, that we'll- we would see that this season and we-, we just haven't had any luck with that. And he hasn't had any luck, the poor guy, uh, Charlie Combin. But, um, yeah, no, we'll um, definitely be watching how Ben goes this week. And, uh, yeah, look, if he can come back next year, yeah, we'll definitely be a much better team with him in it. And um, yeah, you know, be able to support the players like Joyce Simkin, uh, Luke Davis Uniac and, and and a number of others, um, uh, you know, Tom Powell and so forth, you know, they'll learn a lot from him as well. So yeah, it's uh yeah, it's not as uh, bad as it looks, is it? Like I know we've only won two games,
1: but um there is um light at the end of the tunnel, isn't there? I don't think it's ever as bad as it looks, you know, you go through those errors. you know, Melbourne went through a very down patch, Carlton went through a, through a very down patch and, you know, things look very dramatic. And I think in the, in the media landscape that we've got, you know, their job is to dramatize things and make things look, you know, the worst case possible. But ultimately the, the trip back to the top isn't, isn't a mountain. You, you can get there with hard work, the right people and, People, you know, teams Teams get there. You're not down there forever. Melbourne's proven that, you know. I remember that game down in Geelong where they got done by 150 points. And, you know, last year they won a flag and they might even go back to back. So we're down at the moment. There's been definitely times this year where I've gone, you know, this all feels a little bit, you know, a little bit hopeless. But, you know, you see signs and you know it's just a matter of time.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I, I think, like, I call me uh, a bit too optimistic or, or silly, but I think we'll play finals in 2024. So yeah, next year, I think we'll go up a few spots, um, especially getting Ben Cunnington back and a number of others. You can get Charlie Combin uh, going and, and so forth. Uh, we'll certainly, I don't think we'll be, you know, we'll probably be bottom four, bottom six, but then the year after, I think uh, the second season of uh, Alistair Clarkson, uh, I think you'll see uh, great uh, improvements. So yeah, we'll, um, well, we might as well go to Alistair Clarkson now. Now, you know, we're not looking at anyone else at the moment. Um, are we going about this the right way? Um, or Because, I mean, there's a lot, obviously a lot of rumours that uh, he will be announced, he will be a North coach, but we don't know for sure. Um, should we be considering other targets and talking to them right now, just in case, uh, you know, the GWS get uh, one on us or, or, or anything like that?
1: Well, look, I, I think behind the scenes, we'd definitely be talking to other people. You know, publicly. And from what the media is saying, it's all about Clarkson. And I I don't actually mind that approach. I think you can understand why we're approaching it the way we are. I mean, meaning no disrespect at all to Shaw and Noble, but we've kind of been burnt twice with, you know, inexperienced coaches and, you know, putting them in a position where the club is at the moment where, you know, I think Noble... And, 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 and sure we' you know both quality people but they weren't the right people for where we're at at the moment so i can understand exactly why the club's gone the way they have um, and gone for someone you know the stage we're at requires a senior head if that's going to cost us and you know people are obviously throwing different figures around then you know so be it at the end of the day he, he, you know he's not going to fix the club by himself but he's the start of it and he'll bring the right people in i, I, I think the media coming out today is he's preparing a team He's talking to people, getting them ready for whatever club he picks to bring them with him. And that's the main thing. You know, he knows what it, what's required to make a club succeed. He'll go out and find the people that he knows will help him succeed. And, you know, that's not just footy assistants and footy managers, performance people, et cetera. You know, he's also attractive for other players from other teams because, you know, he's got that reputation. So, you know, I'm sure we are talking to people in reserve and, the, you know, there is names. Um, and, you know, the, the media would love to throw egg on our face if we, if we don't get him. But I can understand why we've gone, you know, completely for him. It, it makes sense to me personally.
0: Yeah, I think we all want to get him. And, look, I mean, Sportsbet have got him in at $1.40. I think Neds um, – well, there's a better mean betting sites so now, but um, Neds have got him in at thirty three. So he's a very heavy favourite at the moment. I mean, but uh, we've been linked to players before and uh, – uh, that have been uh, very, very heavily favoured to us and they haven't come. So until it happens, we, we can't get too excited, can we?
1: No, I did I did remind someone of that on, uh, on social media yesterday when they said it's pretty much done. I said, I, I think we said it was pretty much done around Dustin Martin, Josh Kelly, Gaff, you name it. So when he's actually doing the press conference, I'll believe it. But until then, yeah, there's absolutely a chance that, you know, we could end up with someone else. Yeah, 100%. I've noticed – I don't know if you follow Sonia Hood on Twitter, but she's
0: been very quiet on Twitter the last two to three weeks. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing. It sounds like it's
1: probably a, a, a promising thing. I did Um, I did read an article today and well, from Damien Barrett, which is a rarity for me, but I did read an article from, from Damien today where he um, had – I think he had spoken to Sonia. It, it might have been today. Yeah, and she, said, she said she was fairly happy with how the – the comments she made in, in, in the article today – I don't know if you would come out and say those if you weren't privately very, very confident about what was going on. I mean, she's made a couple comments in the media semi, semi-recently, which I don't think were inappropriate, but were, you know, the media took her to account on the <laughs> list, et cetera. And so I think she's she would be a little bit more careful at the moment about what she says. And the fact that she came out and said, you know, we're, we're happy with how it's going. We're, we're pretty Pretty confident it was the uh, was the feeling I got. So yeah, she has been quiet. Um, but yeah, I've, I've I've got a good feeling. I've got a good feeling.
0: Yeah, my gut feeling says he probably will. But yeah, until it happens, yeah, until he's at the press conference, like you said, um, I'm not going to get too excited. So I'll keep, I'll temper my expectations. So. Yeah, no, it's uh it, it is looking promising though. And uh, yeah, I did read that article. I didn't realise it was written by Damien Barrett to be honest with you. I knew it was on the AFL website, so no, I was we... surprised
1: as well because usually there's a bit of a you know a bit of a dig chucked in there. So she
0: kept the she played her cards very close to her chest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're happy. He, yeah, we're happy with the conversation. He's he seems to be happy, but there's a lot, you know, lots of work on. Oh, like, you know, like uh, you know there's got to be a happy medium and all that sort of thing. It works to affect uh, or something like that. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's sounding promising anyway, Jesse. So that, that's good to hear. Um, now, Cam Zur. Uh, now, that's one of the players um, that uh, we we'll we'll want to, to bring on long-term if Alistair Clarkson does come. Um, are you getting a bit worried that there's talk that he may leave it at the season's end? Um, you know, Mark Stevens, not that you can take too much credit out of him, but he, he said he's 70% gone. There's talk that uh, there's... That he might that uh, he might be leaving for a Melbourne club, not necessarily going back home to Western Australia. Um, I haven't heard any teams, though, uh, to be honest with you, that he's been linked with, which is which is a bit strange if he is leaving. Um, are you worried that he's um, that, that all this uh, speculation is going on with Zerho?
1: Yeah, look, I got I got tagged in something yesterday from from Mark Stevens, and uh, to be honest, I, I didn't even know he was still was still had anything to do with footy. So you know, I'd take that sure. heavily with a grain of salt. Um, but I mean, absolutely, I'm worried. He's an A-grade talent. I think you know the last two years he's definitely started slow. Um, I know he had some personal issues going on, et etc. But um, you know he's he started slow and then he's just erupted both years. And when he's when he's at his best, he's an A-grade talent. You know what he adds to our forward line is not easy to replace. If if you know if possible um, to actually find someone with exactly the same qualities as as himself. And you know if he was in a really good team you know, he, he would be a fantastic player. We're talking, you know, all Australian, I think. And, you know, so absolutely I'm worried um, because people would be identifying that and identifying his skill set and trying to work out if he's if he's gettable. My my gut says that he'll stay. Uh, you know, there was reports that him and Curtis Taylor were, you know, helping drive the culture and, and, and outside of the leadership group and, you know, they were trying to get the boys through a difficult time. And, you know, he's got a lot of close friends, one of them obviously being Larky, um, who play for us. So, Oh, I'd be shocked if he wanted to leave for another Victorian club. It's just If he wanted to go home to WA and there was reasons for that, then that would make a lot more sense. But another Victorian club, it would have to be a big offer in front of him. Um, but I guess if he leaves, you know, there'd be maybe a big asking price.
0: Yeah, I think so. Like, I think you'd be on a fair bit of money. Is he – I haven't even checked if he's a restricted free agent or anything I don't like think he
1: is. I don't think yeah. he is. I mean, so I, I a don't 100% quote it on me, but I don't believe he's a free agent.
0: Yeah, it would have to be a trade. I would have to
1: think so. You well, know, you know. well, we can't walk. So, you know, we're, yeah, just yeah, that's right. we're in. So, yeah, we'd have to trade him. And I just, yeah, I can't see it being another Victorian club. But just, Fremantle, I know, has always kind of been linked to him a little bit. And, um, but yeah, it just, it'd just be odd for me.
0: Yeah, I think uh, because it, there's a big offer to Luke Jackson uh, at the moment. I, I think, yeah, that, that's probably their number one target. And yeah. if that fell through, if Luke Jackson re signed tomorrow to Melbourne, then they'd probably go harder to Zerha. You'd have to think that because he would fit their forward line perfectly because they're really struggling for that uh, lead-up forward. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, a free oak. But, um, yeah, look, it is a bit of a concern. Look, I mean, there's optimism in the regard that... Um, Yeah, he's he was uh, with Nick Larky doing a promotion for the twenty five plus one uh, video clip, which went for forty odd seconds. Mm -hmm. Things like that, you know. He's he's still and like he said, he's um he's trying to drive drive the culture at the club with Curtis Taylor. And yeah, I mean, if you if you checked out, you probably wouldn't be doing that, would you?
1: Well, I think he posted something on his story half an hour ago or an hour ago just before i joined you and it was something of him running around in a north melbourne jumper celebrating i just it, it's, it's the same thing you know i think horn did that about a month ago and posted something of him in a north jumper and then posted a couple of videos on a north jumper right i mean maybe i'm just being optimistic but I, me personally if i checked out or i was about to take an offer from another club I, I wouldn't be posting videos of me celebrating with my teammates
0: well if you're going to get another job i suppose um yeah you wouldn't be uh Posting how good the company you're working for, yes, yeah. you know, no. <laughs> or wearing a t shirt around the, the place. Or, no, no, know, going for coffee and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, it's it's a fair point, isn't it? So, yeah, I haven't checked the Instagram story of that, so I'll have a look after this. The last thing I heard was, um, I don't know if you're aware, but uh, Will Ashcroft from the Brisbane Lions. Yes. Yeah, he's nominated for the Brisbane Lions um, as a father son, so that uh, that hurts a bit. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, 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 I, I was uh, I was across that today. I think I commented. To my my um my dad's an old Fitzroy fan, so I've got a lot of Brisbane. I've got a lot of sympathy for Brisbane, I suppose you could say. But um, you know the the north in me was was disappointed because you know he's had a fantastic year on the numbers. You know, as good as Dacos was last year. You know, as good as some of the other greats have been in there in their junior year. Um, but. You know, I, I like the father-son rule myself. I, I don't have an issue with what happened last year or this year. Um, It's just one of those things that's part of the tradition of this, you know, tradition of this competition. And, you know, I had a few people on socials today getting quite upset about it and, you know, obviously commenting on the fact that North's gone through Jamara and then Dacos and then you now Ashcroft. But, I, I mean, that's just how the cards fall. You, you can always find people in the top five. We've still got a top, you know, top three pick in each of those years. So... There's, there's still quality there for us to take.
0: No, 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think even last year, I think we still would have taken Jason on Francis. I think so as well, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, and, and it's, it's a short sample size at the moment, but I think over the course of the career, I think, or Francis will have a bigger impact. So I, I
1: hundred percent I agree. I, no, well, that I
0: might that. be just my biased opinion. So.
1: <laughs> no no no. I think look if you if you look at the raw talent that he had and the things he was able to do. I mean Collingwood were very smart with Dacos in terms of he was in good form when he came in. They played him in positions where it was easier for him to get the ball, get a feel for it, and stay confident. And then they've introduced him to the to the middle and to the wing, and they've brought him up the ground. We threw Horn straight in the middle. And I think the last few weeks, when he's since he's come back, you've noticed we've played him a little bit more on the wing, we've played him on the flanks a little bit more. And I think that's just a sign that, you know. If he can get some uncontested ball, and I think on the weekend he got 21 disposals or something, and I think a lot of them were uncontested, you know, he'll get his confidence up because he's actually getting ball in hand when he's in the midfield of the bottom-ranked team and he's chasing a lot and, you know, it's easy for him to get frustrated. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you, then. I I think, you know, by end of career, let's rejudge it then, but I think he'll be a great player.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's matured a lot. I've seen... In the last few weeks, um, you know, I mean, there, there's obviously maturity issues early in the year, halfway through the year when he gets suspended. But I think he's come a long way And in the last couple of weeks. I think he's really trying. And like you said, he had 21 touches last week. I think... Fourteen of them were uncontested. So yeah, like you said, he's he's trying to get that uncontested ball now, uh, and which is a good sign. Like you don't always have to you know go hard in and uh, get the hard ball. I mean, we've got plenty of players that can do that. So yeah, and, and he's the type of player that will break lines and you know create stuff if he if he can get the ball on the outside. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely not worried about him. And uh, yeah, well yeah, I mean he's got uh, I think he got. Uh, well, seven uh, contested possessions last week, which is probably seven more than Dacos has got in his career. So, Absolutely. Yeah, no, I was just throwing a cheap shot there. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. While well, we're on players, um,
1: Todd Goldstein. Um, should we keep him for another year? It's a great question, isn't it? My, my opinion on, the on this one's um, evolved over the year. You know, at the start of the year, I remember being there at round one at the MCG when we played the three ruck. And, you know, at the start of the year, I tried to park the emotional aspect of him being a great of the club. And I said, no, I said, we should probably, you know, invest time in Tristan Jerry and, and, you know, Callum Coleman-Jones and force ourselves to look to the future at, you know, obviously at um, the expense of, of Goldstein and I I'd probably put a very clinical view to it, but, you know, he's been so instrumental at times this year, um, you know, keeping him as the primary ruck might cause issues down the track in terms of our ruck growth, but his quality, his tap work, it allows our the midfielders to develop, you know, by providing them with actually something they can work with and grow off, they can actually develop. So, you know, I, I've kind of had that conversation with a few people about, well, what balance do we play him, you know, and how detrimental is that to our ruckman once he leaves? But the fact of the matter is, and the other two guys at the moment are not at that point where they can provide those around to them with quality ruck work and, you know, dominate their opponents. So, you know, that makes the midfielder's job a lot more difficult. So if you've got a lot of long, uh, young midfielders like we do, and obviously, you know, we've, we've got a few who are growing, but, you know, I think Goldstein being there is helping them and i think if you asked ldu or simpkin um you know i think they would agree with that so yeah i i would be definitely giving him another year um we definitely need to look at who that secondary ruck option is i've got you know i've got some queries over that still um, but yeah i'd be giving him another year who would uh who would you consider as a second ruck option next year if
0: Todd Godstein stays another season, mm. you've got to fit Tristan Sherry, Callum Collins Jones, on what you've seen this year, let's say they continue that form into next year. Mm. Who would you consider your second ruckman?
1: Well, look, I think Tristan as a pure ruck option has shown at the moment that he's a better ruckman. Um, however, C C J you know, should have more upside. From what I saw at him as Richmond, albeit he played a lot more as a forward, um, you know, he was a quality kid. He, from what we've seen of flashes of him, he does have that talent. I've got some question marks over his ruck work and I, I haven't been overly impressed this year with his ruck work per se. Um, however, he doesn't seem to, my only concern with CCJ, obviously he would offer a lot more up forward than Tristan Jerry would. So, I mean, having the one-two punch of Goldstein and callum Coleman jones you know on paper looks like it makes a lot more sense but i don't know if he's got a clause in his contract or something but he does he just doesn't seem to spend a lot of time up forward callum um you know i i've had to you know if a few people have asked me this year when he's been playing you know where is he up in the forward line you know larky's getting you know double teamed that week that larky didn't play we played stevenson and and, and mm. you know zebel and you know we threw mckay up there for a few weeks but um i don't know i'm just yeah that's probably one of the more confusing things this year i'd love to explain to me in one of those q a's at the club just you know goldie seems to go forward a little bit but ccj it seems to be ruck work when he's so when he's in the ruck he's in the ruck he goes to the bench and then he might have a little stint up forward so i'd like to see him you know genuinely play forward a lot more um i know he came over because of the lure of Rucking, um, but that's something that we can gradually build into him. You know, at the moment, you know, there's been times and games, the Pies game, I remember at the end of that, we had him in the in, in the guts, and we just weren't getting those rack, you know, those ruck taps that we were. Well, the week after against Richmond, we all know what Goldstein did down to Zerha.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and going
1: to that game now. When
0: uh, I don't know if you remember when uh, Bailey Scott uh, was outside fifty, and he passed the ball to Colin Coleman Jones. And he took that mark. That's pretty much the only time I've ever seen him being a target inside 50. And, yeah, and- well, I think yeah, he go.
1: kicked that goal in that first game that we played him back. So after I played round one, didn't play for about half the year, uh, I think it was Carlton um, we were playing and we brought him back in. Um, and I think he kicked a goal in the opening minute or so. But yeah, it's I, I, it just, I, I don't see him in the forward line ever. And it's just odd given the issues that we've got with Larky being one, you know, double teamed.
0: Yeah, no, that's a that's a very good point, actually. Yeah, I, I don't think they've used utilized him as a forward enough this year. I don't know if they're worried that they're too top heavy, um, that the ball goes out too quick, which it does anyway. So I, I don't see the problem with that because yeah, it is it is quite a small, slow forward line besides Phoenix, by so he's been omitted anyway. Mm. Um, that uh, maybe they're just worried. I don't know. This is me just trying, you know, clutching at straws pretty much that um, they they think they're they're a bit top heavy with him there and you know they just see him as a ruckman they want to develop him there. And like you said, I think I think you're right, Tristan Cherry has been a better tap ruckman. But I think if you're gonna play Goldstein, I think Carl coleman Jones would work better because he can yep. play forward. Yep. So yeah, and that um when Nick Larkey missed, that was a bizarre decision not to Pardon. It was very odd, wasn't it? It was
1: very, very odd, wasn't it? I mean, instead they 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 played around with Steve-O who had had a blinder the week before, um, and so it was just a, it was a little bit of a weird one. Um, so you yeah, look, there's a few question marks going into next year around you know Callum and his ability to learn the ruck versus his ability to play forward. You know, Tristan, can he learn more than just being a ruckman? Um, you know, the main one for me is I'd love Edwards to have a huge preseason. Uh, you know, I, I watched a lot of him when he was, you know, as a junior when he was, was still playing school footy. And, um, you know, he, he, he's he got a lot of talent. He'll just need to get his body to that point where he can physically compete. Uh, and that yeah. might take a while. But, you know, real decoding, you know, model.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, I like him as a... Look, he's, he's done some really good taps in the reserves. Um, some real quality uh, tap work as a ruckman. And look... Like, it was a bit bizarre with him. Like, I've said this a few times. Halfway through the year, they sort of said, oh, we've got to ramp up his condition. He's not a fit. You know, bizarre, for three weeks. Yeah, I don't know what, what that was about. I don't understand what a pre-season's for if... Uh if, if that has to happen halfway through the year. So that's probably more on a strength and conditioning team. Uh, well, I've ruck seen a work. few of
1: the reserves games this year. And look, he is looking, you know, very thin. Um, he, yeah, he does have ruck a little ruck. way to go physically, but he, he does, there is qualities about him. And when you saw him at his best, that just remind me a lot of the DeConing brothers. Oh, obviously more more Carlton's because Absolutely. of the ruck work, but, you know, he, he's done some good things with tap work. I think he's definitely more of a ruckman than he'll be a forward. Yeah. Um, so look, Hopefully, he has a really big pre-season because I'd love him to get a game next year.
0: Yeah, 100%. Well, it might be difficult if they keep Goldstein um, unless injuries sort of occur. But, um, yeah, no. Nah, uh, yeah, I mean, it's always takes longer for the big guys to develop. So. No, of course. Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, nah. So, it, yeah, good project player uh, for the up, up and coming next couple of years anyway. Uh, we'll go to team changes this week. So, we've got Aaron Hall. Aiden Kaur, uh, Lockie Young. Uh, no, no, not Aaron Hall. Aiden Kaur, Lockie Young, Paul Curtis, as the certainly is to come in this week, uh, with uh, Josh Goder, Flynn Perez, Aaron Hall, uh, to go on a bench, an extended bench, uh, with uh, Jed Anderson, Josh Walker, Cullen Coleman-Jones, Kane Turner, uh, Charlie Lazaro. So, yeah, I mean... Are you happy with those changes? I mean, out of the team goes Aiden Bonner omitted. I'm uh, a little bit surprised by that one. Um, I suppose on team balance, uh, he probably had to go out. Jackson Archer injured and Phoenix Spicer omitted. Are uh, you happy with those team changes? There's a couple of quality players that, that have come back in.
1: Yeah, firstly on the omissions. I mean, I thought Bonner was a little bit of a weird one. Um, I, would, mm-hmm. I would have liked him to play. I think most weeks he's been asked to do more... Than his height will allow him to do, and I think the last two weeks in particular against both the Hawks and, and, and the Bombers, we played a bit short, and he's had to play taller. I, I'd love him to play against a, you know, someone around his size, because I, I actually think he's got some good qualities and definitely something worth, you know, worth building on. Um, Archer Hip, I mean, that's a shame. Um, I, I I think he could become a very good defensive player. Uh, I haven't seen enough of him offensively, but you know, he's tackling. Kind of reminds me of his dad. Uh, yeah, the Spicer understand. one, the Spicer one doesn't surprise me at all. Um, you know, I think you know he's going to be a bit of a project in terms of he's got to learn his craft. He's got to put on some physical size. You know, last week I think he, I think he had three or four tackles that I actively remember him trying to lay and just being broken. Um, mm-hmm. So, look, the the emissions don't surprise me in terms of, in terms of the ins. I mean, Young and Core uh, really, really good. Albeit, I didn't actually realise that Core wasn't playing last week until about halfway through the game, and that's probably <laughs> a bit of an indictment on the poor bloke and the year he's had. Mm-hmm. But but um, it'll be interesting to see him, Dawson and Mckay uh the team and Young. So we're playing a little bit taller. Um, so I mean, the ins yeah. Curtis, you know, yeah, Paul Curtis, that's fantastic. So. Yeah, look, the ins are the ins are good, and in terms of the bench, I mean, you'd put money on Callum Coleman Jones, you know, being in the in in, in the final team, given that we're you know we we like playing that second ruck. Uh, you'd probably go with what Jed Anderson, and then hard to pick the others. Uh, hmm. Very very hard to pick. Aaron Hall.
0: Others.
1: Yeah, look, they'll probably go with Aaron Hall. My only concern about that is um, if they do. I'd prefer to still see Stevenson off that halfback line. Um, you know, yeah, he's okay. not as good defensively as some others, but I think the weeks that Steve-O has played down back, it, we all know yeah. the talent he's got. And I think, you know, ultimately we would all love him to be that power forward, you know, that power running quick forward kick bags of goals like he did in Collingwood in his first year. But I think the reality is that if he he finds it hard sometimes to go find the ball, while I think at the half back line it's forcing him to go and find the ball and when he does, he's very creative with it. He's very daring. The, so the weeks that he's played that whole role, he's, he's made his metres gains have been fantastic. I think he's, uh, his ranking points have been fantastic. And he's done some really daring things with the ball. Defensively, he's got to learn a little bit. I mean, he, he probably never played defence in his life. But I've got no issue with Hall, Hall playing. I just don't want it to be the detriment of Stevenson because I think if we play him forward, with the way we're playing at the moment, he's going to struggle to find the ball. So I, I I don't want to play with that too much. So yeah, look Hall probably, and I really like Perez. I I, I think you know we've got to keep giving games to him. He's shown a couple of things that I really like. I, I think if Gota was going to play, I think Goda will play a game before the end of the year. But I, I, I think we I think we would have announced it by now.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, they would have. Yeah, they would have done a big press release. But um, yeah, no, that's yeah. I, I think it'll be emergency again. Uh, Kane Turner.
1: God, he's the he's the he, lucky young was like the uh, was the polarizing character of the club, wasn't he? But he's just had such a such a you know. I think he surprised everyone in the second half of the year, young, and he's one of a oh, few, like, sure. few people over. You know, he was making a lot of errors at the start of the year, but like that run back against Hawthorne in the last quarter when we were you know thirty odd points down when he put his body on the line and hit it out, you can't knock his heart. And I think you know he he I think he's been you know decent. So oh, I I think Turner has kind of unfortunately taken over the role of being the full polarizing you know, player of the club. Um, I don't think most people would want him in. He played a pretty decent game. I don't have any stats in front of me, but I mean he played a pretty decent game on the weekend. I just I don't know if he's the player who's gonna be with us when we're successful. So there's other names there that I would probably give a game over him. I understand he's in the leadership group, etc. Um, but I think he's just got limitations and you know, how a lot of players do, but I'm, I, I wouldn't go with him personally. That's my opinion.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think we know who Kane Turner is. Like, like you said, I thought he played okay last week. I thought he played well, actually. Um, but, um, yeah, we know who he is. I'd rather, yeah, like you said, I'd rather give someone a bit more upside. Like, if it's between Aaron Hall and i'm oh, not Aaron Hall, um, Kane Turner and Flynn Perez then I, I want to give a game to Flint Perez. Like, I'd rather give a game to him, you know, get get a, a – you know, because, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, Kane Turner, is he going to be part of your next successful team? Maybe, maybe not. He might be a fringe player at best. Whereas Flint Perez, you, you know, I mean, you'd rather see the development of him, get him another game, playing on a – I don't know, maybe on a Will Haywood or, or something like that, you know. So, yeah, I'd rather – I'd rather, you know – Give an assignment to a Flynn Perez rather than McCain. To I,
1: I agree. And I think, look, the last name there is Lazaro. I, I think Lazaro um has a future. Uh, you know, we've got to work out how to get him, you know, to where we want him to be. He had that really good game, I think, against the Pies, was it a few weeks ago? Or well, the one where he was coming off the half, he got forced to come off the half-back line because Hall got injured early. And um, he, you know, he had a good game when he was forced again to go get the ball. Uh, you know, he's got running qualities, etc. So, I think long-term, it's definitely, you know, that that wing spot. Um, he's going to have to fight for that with Scott and Taylor. But, you know, I think he's got a future. It's just whether or not he plays now is, you know, we could play him as a sub. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, he seems to be good at that. He's been playing the sub as... A lot uh, this year, I, I felt. Anyway, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's just got to find a position for himself. That's because it's going to be like I think he's a good ball, you know, like as a midfielder. But at the end of the day, we've got too many players in front of him. You yeah. have to find a spot. Like last week, they played him in half forward. He was quite. He was very, fairly quiet. He, uh, uh, I don't think he's ever played that sort of role. And I think it was against Geelong. He came. uh He played. Yeah, he filled in for Aaron Hall. Yeah, might have been that ball. game. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's his hamstring in the first minute or so. He had three touches in the first minute of the game, did his hamstring or quite might have been his quad then. And then uh yeah, Charlie Lazaro played the first half, did quite well, then they put him forward, so which was a bit strange. But um yeah, he's just gotta yeah, find a different position and you know, be that a uh, utility that can play half forward, wing, uh midfield, and if he has to go back, you know, uh, yeah, that's 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 just uh it's gonna be his role probably for the next few years. You'll have to think. So Yeah, no, but um, there's a lot to like about him. He does have some good qualities, so I agree with that. Um, What do we need to do well against the Swans this week to be a chance?
1: Well, I guess we did a lot right back in round four, didn't we? Yeah, um, that's right. It, well, it was an, a 10 or 11 point loss and uh, I think Horn, with about 30 or 40 seconds left, had a shot at goal and I think it landed a, a metre out from the line yeah, and right. um, and then there was, I think, Attu passing forward. So, I mean, that that game it was 11 points, but it really was just because they got a rebound with a few seconds left. It, it should have been within a goal and we could have easily won it. Um, so, you know, that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, if you look at the stats of that game, uh, I I think we matched the Swans in most areas, other than we lost the clearances. Um, so, I mean, that's a fantastic sign. Um, I think that the thing with the Swans is, you know, they're such a high pressure and high scoring team. You know, they're, they're second for tackles, first for tackles inside 50, second for scoring efficiency. Uh, inside 50 and third for scoring. Uh, you know, I think there's uh, Richard Little on on Twitter, the data data scientist, and he, he kind of puts all the numbers together every week. If anyone follows him, but um, you know, he's round 20 offensive, defensive data has the Swans right in the magic quadrant. I think they're them and Geelong, um, well them and Geelong and and Melbourne are right right in that top three. Um, so I think that suggests that we need to be prepared for the heat. You know, when we've got the ball, you're not going to have a lot of time with it. So, our midfielders have got to know when they get it. They've got to be smart. They've got to get rid of it quickly. Um, well, with the defender, you know, the, the defender's going to have to be on the top of their game because, you know, those numbers suggest that the Swans, they pressure you, they hunt you, they get the ball, and then they get it forward. And their forward line is pretty lethal.
0: Yeah, well, you know, they've got uh, Isaac Keeney, Tom Huppley, uh Lance Franklin still kicking goals. So, there's plenty of options there. Um, Logan McDonald might come in. Uh, yeah, I, I did,
1: a... did see that. Amity out for, uh, it looks like, yeah, um, uh, yeah did, Logan yeah. McDonald, you'd think. So, uh, I'm sure that will, um, I'm sure for a few North players will bring it up if he has a quiet game.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Yeah. There's, there's a lot of talk about uh, him and Will Phillips comparison, mate. Like, so, That'll be a uh, goal for a number of years. You'd have to think. Uh, so, unfortunately, yeah, it will be. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. Well, um, that's the way it goes, unfortunately. And uh, he's always, you know, Will Phillips, no matter, the poor bloke. Yeah, you know, no matter what uh, he he does, like he's obviously had a, a horrid run this year with uh, you know illness. Um, he's still getting compared to Logan, you know, McDonald. He hasn't even had a chance to you know prove he's himself. In himself. No,
1: no, no. Yeah. I, I'm confident Will will have a great career. We'll wait until yeah, yeah. the end, and then we'll, we'll we'll answer those critics.
0: Oh, wait five or six years at least, you know. That's, uh, yeah, then uh, we'll see how we go from there. Um, any players you see that – I mean, we've mentioned a few of them already. Uh, any players you see that we have to really stop to consider ourselves a chance? I mean, they've got uh, they've got a very good midfield. That um, uh, Chad Warner has come out of nowhere. Uh, has had a fantastic uh, purple patch of about four to six weeks. Luke Parker, obviously. Um, they've got some big names, you know. Um, do we have to stop them all to give, give ourselves a chance,
1: I guess? Well, geez, I mean, like you said, they've got stars all over the park. Um, You know, Buddy and Heaney up forward is absolutely lethal. Uh, You know, Heaney in particular is a real danger for us. We generally seem to struggle against those mid-size forward mids. Uh, I mean, that was pretty evident with Stringer last week, you know. McDonald had to absolutely do a, you know, do a job on him. But um, so Heaney's going to be a, a trouble at forward. Parker, when he drifts forward as well, could be an issue for us. Uh, you know, Mills in the midfield, arguably all Australian, you know, fantastic two-way player. But I think you said it, you know, the, the one for me is that wonder kid Warner. He's he's a star. He's 21 years old and I think he's rated top 10 in the comp for score involvements, ranked elite for metres gained inside 50s and score launches. So, He's a pretty special kid. I, I, I like what I see with him. Um, so he'd be, he'd be the one that I'm putting the time into. Uh, he, he's an interesting player in terms of, um, he, you know, he's got a lot of pace, but he also knows how to get the ball. He's got a lot of, a lot of, you know, a lot of talent. And like I said, with some of those stats, he he's the one who propels them out of the midfield or, or, or within the arches drives their scoring from the, you know, the half back line to the half forward line. Um, so, you know, Outside him and Heaney are probably the two that I'm putting time into, and I, uh, yeah, that's gonna be tough. Yeah, uh, who do you think would go to Heaney? Do you think Luke McDonald goes to him? Yeah, look, I think you have to go with McDonald and just tell him that. We need to work out what we did wrong last week, which is if Heaney does go into the midfield, you can't have this thing where Greenwood's on him and then they try and swap off and they don't swap off properly and then Stringer's just kicking bags of goals. I think he'll play predominantly forward, Heaney. You know, he's kicked 40 goals this year, 41 or something like that. So I think McDonald has to get the job on him. You know, he's done a number before. He, He can play, you know, defensively. So he has to go to Heaney, you would think.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. This this week would have been a good week for an Aidan Bonner to play because they've got a lot of those mid size, like a Will Haywood. Um, that's, what, that's
1: what I was thinking before because, I mean, like, obviously, what, we're going into the team with Core, and Core can play mid, um, you know, as opposed to tall. You've got Dawson, um, but, you know, they're going to go in with a couple of talls, so that kind of drags Mackay to Buddy, Core and Dawson to the other tools. So, you know, our only real mid, you know, medium-sized defenders are well, McDonald and then Young, but you don't want Young, you know, playing defensively, um, you know, you, so it's going to have to be McDonald that does the job. And and then for some of the others, we're just going to have to see what we can do. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean, hopefully, uh, you yeah, know, we get the Warner versus uh, Luke Davis-Uniak uh, head-to-head matchup. That'll be, that'll be something to watch, um, especially both those guys in the real, uh, you know, big purple patch. Yeah. Um, they might uh, put some time into Jai Simpkin, but uh, that didn't work out too well last week for Essendon. So he's still got 40 odd touches. So, yeah, no, it's, I think it'll be, yeah, I don't think they'll put uh, a heavy tag on anyone. I think they'll just, it all be head to head. And hopefully, midfield will con- con- continue their form last week. And, um, yeah, we can get a bit more up forward uh, this week, which will be good. Uh, any players for North that you feel that need to step up um,
1: and have a good game for us to win? Oh, geez, I mean, another bag from Zeb would be handy, like he had in round four. But um, look, I guess, you know, with what we were both saying above, um, you know, McDonald's going to have to have a big week. If he goes to Heaney, he's going to have sure. to have a big week and try and shut him down. You know, I'm pretty confident yeah. Mackay can yeah. have a good game on Buddy. Um, Or the midfield needs to match theirs, like you said, put defensive time into Warner in particular. I don't think we'll tag him um, because you know we we, ha- we we don't seem like we're doing that but we no. need to apply as much pressure as possible you know you know, sometimes he drifts out to the, the wings and i think when he's on the wing i'd be putting scott on him um you know scott's obviously a great runner he's played a defensive role and you know in the past on hall um so he can play a bit more of a defensive runner between the arcs um if warner does roll out to the, the wings um i think he can keep with him he's he's obviously got the fitness scott so i'd actually give him the you know the a job without tagging um, if Warner's playing on the outside well if he's on the inside look you're not going to put a particular person on him it's going to be whoever he matches up on um, I wouldn't mind for the contest that Horn is playing in the middle for Horn to line up on him and the the reason I say that I think it'd be a really good you know experience on work rate running patterns etc for Horn Um, and on pure burst speed of all of our midfielders. I mean Horn's probably one of the quickest ones over you know 20 metres, 50 metres. You know, I don't have the times in front of me, but it's just from what I've seen, if he's, you know, his willingness to hunt someone down and tackle them. Um, so, you know, we've got a few options, but, you know, oh, I definitely got to put time into him. Um, I think the biggest area or the biggest, you know, the players for us that need to stand up this week are our small forwards. Uh, last week, redmond and hind were able to rack up absolutely it's absurd numbers i mean what a red redmond almost went at 100 kicking efficiency and got what 170 180 ranking points i mean that's an indictment you know our small forwards they weren't dangerous they weren't accountable they weren't scoring and i mean um you know curtis in is a big change he has proven uh, that he's dangerous and accountable, and I know Ricky wrote a really good article during the, you know, he, on his weekly uh North uh, rollout that he does, and um, you know he 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 spoke about the importance you know Paul Curtis has to our forward line because he actually is accountable. He makes someone have to defend him. He's pretty quick. He can apply good pressure, and you know ultimately I think that's one of the reasons why Spicer was out of the team because he, you know last week I think. He, Redmond was just ignoring him, it was, it was like, he, he, pretending he wasn't there. So, you yeah. know, the, the small forwards... I think you said it earlier, our forward line's pretty slow. Um, so, you know, if you look at it on paper, you've got you know Zerhar, but he's going to be focusing on trying to get the ball and scoring. Obviously, it applies pressure as well. You know, who, who's named in our forward line? Greenwood? Z- yeah, yeah,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Z-
1: Z- like I, mean, <laughs> I mean, they're not really inspiring you in terms of pressure. So, um, <laughs> no. I mean... That's probably the main one for me. I think this year in particular, and probably for the last couple of years, for us, our small forwards have been our weakness. We don't have that. We'd be one of the lowest teams with having the stats in front of me for you know pressure within 50, tackles within your own forward 50, et cetera. So I just think you've got to tell the forward lines, regardless of who's in it and whoever the resting, forward is, uh, resting midfielder is or if Curtis Taylor's in there, et cetera, that this week you've just got to be accountable because... Uh, you, know, they've, you know, they've got Blakey running off the half-back line. They've got they've got quality players coming off that half-back yeah. line. And when you're as dangerous as the Swans are, they're launching their attack from there. So I, I would say, the play, you know, our whole forward line needs to stand up this week, but in particular, the Smalls.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, no, last week was... Uh, yeah, no, it was, it was... Yeah, I mean, all their defenders got 20-odd plus touches, and uh, they pretty much walked it out far too easy. And that's how they won a the game. They won it from their defensive 50 because... It, in the midfield, we um, we dominated uh, clearances and so forth. So I think they got nine goals from their defensive fifty last week. The bombers, so yeah. like whereas he, we got
1: one. Well, like yeah. you said, they were just walking it out. They yeah. there was no pressure on them whatsoever. I mean, our our transition was really we won the ball. We did the hard part. We got the ball in the centre and we dominated them in the clearance. But our transition and our ability to defend runners—if we do that this week, we will lose by one hundred and fifty. So we've got to we've got to improve in those two areas. They're they're they're, they're non-negotiables.
0: Yeah, I might even be worth uh, if you're going to pick Aaron Hall, just try him as a half forward. He's got a bit of pace um, with Paul Curtis on the other. One. That's where he made his that's where he started his career, and also it might be worth trying that. Who knows? Yeah, um, just just try something against the wall and see what happens. Last time we played, uh, we tagged Nick Blakey uh, with Kane Turner, so that might be an option. I'm not too sure. Um, you know, uh, but they've got Jack Ollie, Oliver, torrent, Oliver uh, Florent. Um, so, yeah, you know, they've got options there if, if we did go down that path. So, yeah, I think that's going to be uh, the tough one and uh, probably the, the, the tough matchup for us. And we are 18th uh, for tackles inside 50. So just to let you know that. So. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't surprise me. Bit. Yeah, last week, well, I think we laid three tackles inside 50. been games this year, we laid one or two.
1: You know, so. You're not going to win many games doing that, <laughs> no, especially no, no. against the Swans. No, and
0: that's that's where um, yeah, next year the new coach will have to come up with a yeah better better forward structure than that. So yeah, um, because at the moment it, it's all out of whack our energy between our defence, midfield, and forwards at the moment. So yeah, we've got to work on that because we did have more of a ball last week, but um, yeah, it was it was pointless in the end. Um and so, saying all that. Uh, what's your final prediction for the game?
1: Well, the Swans are marching towards a top four spot. Their mm-hmm. quality side, it's, it's tough to, tough, toughest, us. But I mean, we almost did it earlier this year. We we went up to Sydney, and I think surprised us. It was what it was the week after we we uh, the Good Friday game, I think. Um, so I don't think any of us were expecting us to to go up there and perform like we did. And you know, we've we've been good in patches this year, even against some good good teams, especially the last few weeks. You know, we've had good patches against teams. The Hawthorne game and the Essendon game, if you look at, you know, uh, predicted scores, um, they were meant to be much closer than they were. So I don't actually think that we've been as bad as maybe the scoreboard has said we've been since, you know, for the last four or five weeks. Um, but geez, it's hard to make a case for us, isn't it? It's gonna be a tough, it's gonna be a tough game. But I mean, let's just hope for the small wins, see some improvements from some of the kids. I mean, that's, that's what we're hoping for, but yeah, geez, if you were trying to get me, a, get me to uh, tip north, it'd be tough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. No, it's, it's going to be hard to see um, a win. That's for sure. Uh, a lot of things would have to go right. And yeah, I, I mean, when I say a lot of things have to go right, everything has to go right for you and yeah, everything has to go against the swans for us to win. Um, but I mean, that's, that's not being pessimistic. That's just uh, realism at this stage. And it, it talks about actual scores. Um, you know, the last two weeks have been closer in that regard than the Richmond game where we won. The actual score uh, yeah. was supposed to be a five-goal loss. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I think yeah. the Hawthorne game was one of the biggest differentials of the year. I, I mean, a lot of people watched that game and they were getting disappointed. And I said, the first half, Hawthorne were kicking goals over their head from 50 out, pretty much. Some of the goals were absolutely, you know... <laughs> they were yeah. just kicking them from every single angle. Um, So yeah, I wasn't overly disappointed with that game. I think we could have handled the, you know, the weather better and defended better against the wind, et cetera. But even last week against e- Essendon, I didn't feel like the margin probably um, indicated how we played. I thought it should have been a little bit closer. So yeah, look, I think we're in okay, Nick. It's just that I think the whole, uh, the Swans are in really hot form. Yeah. And,
0: Yeah, and they've got something to play for as well. So they'll be hungry to, you know, perform. So, yeah, uh, it's going to be tough work. So, yeah, we'll we'll see how we go anyway. I'll be there Sunday to watch it and uh, hopefully uh, we can put in a real competitive performance. Uh, Anyways, Jesse, did you want to add anything else?
1: No, no. Thanks for
0: having me. A lot of fun. No, that's all right. Uh, where can people find you on socials if they want to chat to you?
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, so, I, I I like to tweet a lot, so <laughs> yeah, people could definitely that. people could definitely follow me on Twitter. They'll get a a running commentary of, of of every North game, even when I'm sitting there at the game. They'll get my uh, my feedback. So it's just at just at Jesse C. So J E double S E, and yeah, yeah. Give me a yeah. Give me a follow, and you can um join on the madness, which is my Twitter feed.
0: No, it sounds good. Uh, that's what Twitter's there for. So it's, uh, yeah, why well, not tweet? Tweet. So yeah, sound, sounds good, Jesse. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on your on your debut podcast uh, uh, thank appearance you. at the hashtag Kangaroos, and uh, I'm sure I'll chat to you soon again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Bye. Thank you.
0: So thanks to Jesse for coming on the show once again. So that's it for this episode. Um, I did do a show uh, on Monday with uh, Michael Salvatore um, reviewing amp performing about our performance against the Essendon Bombers and our loss against the Essendon Bombers on Sunday, I should say. So if you want to relieve that uh, performance, uh, you can certainly have a listen to that. Um, yeah, like I said, that's it. I will be back either next Monday or Tuesday to review our win against Sydney, I assume. No, I don't know if we're going to win, but um, yeah, look, our performance against Sydney, um, hopefully it's going to be a good one. Um, but uh, there'll be talk of that. Uh, I'm sure I'll be watching uh, the Ben Cunnington game on uh, my phone uh when I get to the ground nice and early I'll probably um go on the AFL app and uh have a have a look at how he's going so yeah no that'll be good so if you can get down to Arden Street this week I definitely recommend um going to watch uh, the reserves and uh cheering on Ben I assume he's only going to play a half um uh, I don't think he'll play any more than that so that'll be good um so there's plenty going at the club um Alistair clarkson uh, i 'm sure we'll find out more over the coming days and weeks uh, with where that's at. Um, I did hear rumors early in the week that that might happen this week, but uh, yeah don 't quote me on it um, but uh, yeah, that's it. I um, appreciate all the likes uh comments, retweets you guys do for the show um, yeah, it really helps out the show to go to more listeners, so I really appreciate it it's going all over the place all over the world you know um, Yeah, there's even uh, countries I've never even heard of that are listening to it, which is really good. So, yeah, thanks to all you lovely listeners for spreading the word um, to all your friends and everyone else. So, yeah, that's it. Um, I won't uh, talk anymore. I've talked enough shit for uh, tonight. Uh, And, yeah, I will leave a shout-out to Mitchell Hibbard. Bye for now.